0: Welcome to the In the Clouds podcast. In the Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed and podcast hosts, Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. clouds podcast this is tishy bobby here with fisher cole and burggraph nick we're gonna to try to do the whole podcast backwards bay <laughs> perfect so uh, today we're going to jump into the salesforce marketing cloud release from january 2020 um, jump through some of the highlights uh five core elements we want to talk through and then uh, some retirement things too is for those of you who are already using Marketing Cloud, what would be important, if you've been on it for a while, to keep in mind as we go forward. So five key things we want to talk through in the highlights, the new Datarama Data Lake, Audience Studio's new consent management enhancements, uh, Einstein is a couple uh, releases with messaging insights and copy insights, and then lastly, we'll jump into distributed marketing's new quicksend enhancements as well. Uh, so Nick, you want to kick us off with Datarama Data Lake?
1: Yeah, this is something that uh, has been coming down the pike for a little while. I think uh, we've had some customers go through the the pilot or the the alpha program, um, but this is now available for general release. So it seems um, it is uh, technically an add-on. So there's certain levels of of DataRama that come with it, and certain levels that don't. So if you're already a DataRama user, check with your rep. Um, I'm sure you might be able to just get it added on. So We get down to what what it is um uh, it's it's it is what it sounds like it it really helps customers expand their marketing intelligence with granular raw and non-aggregated data sets um to boil it down a little bit more taking that granular data and having a a way to visualize and build architecture within the actual platform prior to the data lake um, i think one of the common themes on datarama was you know you're your charge or the, the pricing model is based on you know data rows and those are in the millions of records. The data lake solves that problem of a lot of data going into Datarama and a way to manage that data apart from the actual aggregation. So it, it's definitely solved the problem. There's an uh, easy drop and drag
0: UI built in for customers to create uh, connected and non-connecting tables. There are a couple main elements that where this helps to. Where typically before, to Nick's point, you wanted to summarize your data before bringing it into Datorama. so you wouldn't bring in granular data. You would do all kind of the summarizing ahead of time for metrics on a campaign, for example, and then bring that in. But now we're able to bring all of this different data in, whether it's through the pre-built connectors or um, through uh, SFTP external data, we can bring that in. And then there's a drag and drop UI where we can connect these tables that were previously not connected. So pretty cool stuff there. Moving on to the audience studio or DMP consent management enhancements. So especially with CCPA being enacted on January 1st and coming into full fruition later this year where fines and things can start to be handed out. Uh, Audience studio has three main components now that help with CCPA, and that was my phone. I bought <laughs> Should know that guy. We're in, in the studio, outside. Bobby. Come on, let's <laughs> stay outside. Professional. So there's three tools that help with CCPA. Uh, one is data deletion, which allows consumers to have their data deleted. Data portability, which is the those times where consumers ask for a copy of their data. And the newest release is uh, the enhanced consent API. Um, so this allows you to call the API on the audience studio side when someone has opted out of selling their data. So this can be specifically pertinent to people who are selling their data through data studio on the second party side as well. Uh, so things to keep in mind. Cole, would you mind walking us through Einstein and the messaging insights? and Yeah. The insights?
2: Yeah. There's a couple of, uh, interesting, um, Einstein updates. First off is actually the, uh, subject line, um, Copy insights dashboard. Uh, so um, it, it basically kind of monitors all the uh, subject lines that are being sent out, and so it's looking for like keywords, looking for um, you know specific punctuation and things like that. Um, it's it's kind of a, you know the the only customer facing um, element of the email that uh, you know. Tells the customer whether or not to open it. So it's sort of like, we've we've talked about A B testing and things like this before, but this is the first time that we're actually seeing a single dashboard that has all of our, all the uh, subject lines in it, all the elements of keywords and things like that. um, And letting it just kind of putting in dashboard insights as to what's working and what's not and offering suggestions around, um, you know, certain, uh, like an ellipsis is working well or, you know, uh, the word "sale" is not eliciting as much response as we wanted it to. Um, I like
1: this one because I, I, you know, I come from this world, and I, I know you do too, Paul. In some sense mm-hmm. or, or or another, but uh, looking at subject lines over the course of a year, I mean, you just never have that opportunity um, from a end, end marketer to look back in time. Yeah, all you're, that much, and you're, like, you're usually looking at the campaign slice or things like that. Yeah, which, yeah. To actually see and like this kind of brings data to the forefront of like okay, like be mindful. Subject subject lines are are, are an art and the science. Everybody knows that, but this brings the science element a little bit for, more forward to the mm-hmm. front. I think.
2: Yeah, it's it, it's about time. It's, it's a it's a cool update. I think the other cool uh, update is the Einstein Messaging Insights app, um, and that's where we're looking at um, sin performance uh, as it's as anything that's an anomaly outside of like the standard deviation of expected performance. So Einstein's looking back at 90 days of typical performance across all campaigns. And when we send something out that is anomalous to our, our typical behavior. So if, I'm not really sure what the thresholds are necessarily, or, or if they're editable, but if it's, you know, some outside of the you know standard expected deviation of this performance, then it's sending actual uh, notifications, um, in, in form of an actual badge in, uh, in marketing cloud navigation that that says like by the way we're seeing extremely high or extremely low you know um, click rates or open or something like I think it's largely around click rates open rates and unsub rates but if something is happening out of the ordinary it's a proactive um, response to, to show you that, that this is happening. so you can either pause campaigns in real time as this is happening there may have been you know missing content or something like that so it's it's uh, a pretty good. Um, It's a pretty good stop to have in place.
0: Great. And last but not least is the distributed marketing quick send enhancements. This is really nice for those of you familiar with distributed marketing, where you're able to send a particular message to someone or put someone down a journey. This mimics a single send, very simple send out of Gmail or Outlook. So I can pick a piece of content. I can manipulate it the way I want to be specific to the person I'm sending it to and just click send. Um, There's not multiple screens or anything like that that I have to utilize. And what's really nice about this is from a marketing or even sales element, I'm able to go back and use that insight for future sense. So maybe it puts someone on a journey or I can use it in my selling practices to figure out the last time someone might've engaged with me. So those are kind of the five main elements we wanted to touch on as part of this release. There were some other smaller elements um, that came out as well that you can always find the Salesforce Marketing Cloud product release notes on documentation. encourage you to take a look, um, but last before we go, uh, Nick, there are a couple big retirement things that uh, I wanted to have you touch on too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> list of three this time. So if you look at release notes over time, you'll see certain things get deprecated from the platform. So this month we have SMS interactions, classic content, and classic approvals. I think the the thing I want to bring up here is that um, it seems to be ramping up over the last few releases of uh, kind of old 1.0 technology within the platform that's being deprecated. And I think it, uh, we can always like guess on when the date of 1.0, the 1.0 platform is going to go entirely away. But I think this is just more movement on Um, on finding a date to get rid of some of the the old exact target legacy stuff. For sure.
0: Yeah, and and to be clear too, Classic Content I believe is slated to be retired mid-year. It wasn't retired as part of this release, but just something to keep in mind for those of you who are not on Content Builder yet. Yeah, That
2: one's been breathing down the neck for a
0: while. I think they
1: pushed that one out. I think mid-last year they were like January, that's being retired, and they pushed it out because there's just so many people that are still Mm -hmm. kind of... yeah. Operating classic content.
0: There's a, a tool within the platform that allows you to or to help you migrate that over It keeps the folder structure in place. It's really good um, So get on that if you guys haven't already i um, and speaking of retirement include completely unrelated uh, since the three of us are so close to retirement being uh, <laughs> 32 are you 32? Yeah, you okay, I'm 32 and then Cole's uh, 44 <laughs> 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 Um uh, what, uh, what's the first thing that you want to do when you're retired?
2: I'll be honest. I, it's hard to think about because my, I, I look at my parents, they're both retired or quote unquote retired. They're the busiest retired people I've ever met in my life. Really? They're, yeah. They're the they're, they're volunteer on this committee. They're on the Salvation Army board. They're on this play. They're on, on the, the, um, uh, garden club. And you know, like there's just, there's so many things. They're the most absurdly active. They're, they're the only retired people I know that have a busier schedule than I do. And I, I'm really spread thin. <laughs> so like, I don't really know like how, I mean, I'm probably genetically predisposed to just not being able to retire. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably just
0: going to be busy with something. I knows. did hear, uh, uh, one guy that my wife works with recently told her, I'm never going to retire. Cause when you retire, you die.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. starts starts the trend.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'm of the same mindset. I'm not a big believer in classical retirement. I want to be, fruitful to the end of my days um, but what I want to do is I, I have well, I'm not going to be living in the same house when I retire but uh, I have a large portion of the garage that's workshop available I'd love to like build out a workshop and start to tinker and try to invent things I'm, I'm a tinker by trade
2: what pray tell would you invent
1: oh I have a, I have a list you've of got a laundry list of $1 million dollar ideas uh-huh can so. you share them with us <laughs> Not right now.
2: I'm just gonna call dibs on the
1: ones I like. <laughs> I'll, the ones. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Okay. Um. So this has already been invented, but I thought of it five years ago. So seven minute abs. <laughs> Six <laughs> minute abs. Um. It was those uh, uh whatever General Electric uh, or whatever brand it is that you know how you you have your washer and dryer and your washer you pour into the cap and put it in there. Well, that seems like. Like with Kira K-Cups and all that, there just needs to be a better way to just hey, let me just dump this whole thing in here and do my load size and everything. And it just injects into the system. I could have invented that, that technology.
2: So
0: yeah, I, I thought of...
2: Oh, you're uh, going to say pet rock. But all right.
0: <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, I thought of the... I uh, actually had a guy. Um, so on New Year's, we uh, went out to this uh, local place and our Uber driver on the way there... Hold on. Did you make it till midnight? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Which time zone? <laughs> Central. We we're actually out until 1 a.m. Uh, for, for those of you listening, uh, my wife and I are typically in bed around seven thirty, seven forty-five. <laughs> early to rise, around 3, 3.30. And I uh, usually have dinner about about 3.34. Um, early that bird in the special. Yeah. Early oh, bird yeah. special. Yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't hit the 55. uh this <laughs> can't yet, wait for but, that. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, but anyway, the Uber driver uh, was telling us that he had the original idea for Uber and had uh, the Uber founder—I can't remember his last name—Travis something or other. And he had him at uh, as a cab passenger from South by Southwest, and he told him this idea. And then he claims that Travis stole it from him. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, yep. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh but anyway, I think uh so yeah, you, know, you guys, you know, all high and buddy. I'm not gonna retire. First thing I want to do when I retire, which I really do want to retire, is uh I wanna get a RV Ooh. and like for just a month just drive around the US, visit like all the national parks and like I'd love to go to like Montana, Idaho, just kind of that I guess oh, North yeah. South Dakota, black northwest. Yeah, all yeah, that, that kind of area there mm-hmm. where uh, it's all like very pretty. Um and not super developed yet.
2: I don't no wanna... speed limits in Montana. You can just haul and that oh, puppy. I tell you That's what. what? Uh, so, I mean, like, there like seventy mile speed limits on some of the roads, and so I think mean, they're just like loosely enforced at all. So, uh, so you just, yeah. but by that time we'll probably we'll have to have to cover go, get a good downhiller so, and just yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: Which by the way, downhill. I don't know if you, when I was younger. Uh, all the golf court, we had the, this golf course where I grew up, uh, you could be in this, be in a golf cart and you go downhill, they would all have governors on them. Yes. So you couldn't go super fast. Oh,
2: that was awful. I found, uh, we, we were, of course, when I was a kid, um, I was like, in, like middle school. We found that if you went downhill, the governor actually didn't, didn't kick in. It oh, was nice. you were so like, so we just started, like everything was just hill based. We started just cutting, <laughs> cutting donuts and yeah, they, Uh, They frowned on that. Yeah, Uh, I'm sure. I didn't uh, get to complete that round. Oh, bummer. uh, The ranger stepped in and uh, uh, voiced his uh, concern with our behavior. (laughs) Was this last year? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks guys for listening. That concludes this episode of In the Clouds podcast. As always, you can reach out to us at intheclouds at lovedigital.com, and we'll talk to you soon.